Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are, part two or episode two of series 20. Series 20. Wow. Yeah, this is episode 108. Uh, so we've we've done a lot of podcasting in the past two years, something I didn't think I would do a lot of, but I have done a lot of it. Uh, so with that, we are uh, talking about a fast start to our fiscal year. A listener asked us to cover some topics and ideas, and last week we covered a lot of topics about getting organized and uh, finding ways to create a Q1, Q2 action plan and building a plan towards a quota that was much larger than what we thought we were going to get so we could go blow our numbers out. And this this week we're talking about we're going from getting organized to getting results. Uh, and we th- we've covered a lot of stuff over the past two years. And last week we talked about territory planning was a, a series we did in February of 2018. Long, big, four-parter with some free tools and stuff. Uh, obviously, a lot of that should be being done or is already done for you uh, as you turn the corner and go into your fiscal year. We're not going to cover a lot of those topics today. And then we did sales productivity in October of last year, or oh, I guess almost two years ago now, or last year. And then more applicable to the this week, we did a listener's choice on breaking out of a sales slump, something that a listener asked us to do. We covered a lot of topics on really how to to get out of the doing what we're doing over and over again, hoping we're going to get different results kind of stuff. Lots of good little tidbits in that that podcast. And then in January of last year, at the beginning of the new year, we kind of did a series based on filling your funnel. And it was all about really prospecting and doing the new the new customer acquisition that a lot of sales reps get afraid of doing or get stuck from not doing and just servicing their few accounts. And Bob, we really didn't talk about this much on the first episode of this series, but I, you know, I think the when we talk, we we, you know, we always joke about don't be average. Uh, average is the enemy. But this is like the epitome, I think, of average is rolling into the new year, whenever your new fiscal year starts, and just kind of doing the same old thing. Um, it's it's being really thoughtful about what worked, what didn't work, what's the plan for attack, not over egging it, not not planning ad nauseum, but just being really thoughtful and strategic about like, these are the three things I want to do way better this year. And then let's put a plan around it. So to your point, Bobby, I think really the goal of this is to like, while while we touched on a lot of these items across multiple episodes and series, it's we're going to give you some kind of tactical ideas on some things to do and to start thinking about what, what are those three core things that you want to really accomplish this year? Yeah, and I challenge the listeners, right? Uh, pretend Brian is your sales manager, and you've got to meet with him on th- Thursday of next week and, and share your plan with him, right? Like, go home. Think about your plan. Build that plan. Even if you only spend an hour on it right now in the month of December 2019, you're going to have a better fast start if you spend an hour thinking about it. Uh, and the more you can do to share it and build it, the better off you're going to be. But but think about that going to see it. You drive it. Don't wait for your manager to do it. Tell them about it in your end-of-year review. Another great podcast series we did, by the way, on preparing for your end-of-year review. I think they would be shocked that if you were that far ahead of the game. So take this stuff, build the plan, share it with your manager, and go kill it in 2019. I can assure you they'd, they'd much rather have a, a one-page 
goal sheet than a 52-page PowerPoint slide that they know that's never going to be updated. Yeah, I always look at this like, what would they want to show their boss that they've got their team to do? So I would go build that thing and share it mm-hmm. with them so that they would go do it or share it with their boss. Um, so something small, something simple they could attach to an email or screenshot or something uh, is ideal. So, again, three parts, like always, to this podcast with a bonus uh, section at the end. So start setting up meetings. We talked a little – well, we'll go through all, all three of these. Start setting up meetings, demand generation, and then share your plan. Uh, I think we talked a lot about it last week of the, the planning to plan, the, 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 the sales rep that just stalls on the thought process of, man, I need to make calls, and they just never make the calls, right? So uh, start making the phone calls. Start setting up meetings. Uh, we created an action plan for Q1, Q2 last week. It's part of what – Uh, you did with your virtual team and you should have a lot of things to go do. Um, I, I, anything, happy hours, lunches, activities, uh, have a customer or have a partner do a customer lunch, right? You have to guide and lead all this. Um, and your credit card, if you have an expense account can do wonders in the field for a lot of these fun little activities where you can just start getting involved and figuring out what customers want to do. Uh, I think if I was having that big planning session we talked about last week, partners would be driving 80, 90% of this stuff for me. Um, and then I would use my internal teams to do the other 20%. Um, Bobby would be doing very little of this if it was my territory plan because my job would be to organize the team and get the teams to go do it. Brian, what are your thought processes on these these first year meetings, right? Like, how, how would you want your reps to organize themselves to go get in front of customers? I mean, isn't January the time to do that? Certainly. Uh, you mentioned it on the last episode that uh, it's a good time to, you know, make sure you're caught up on the latest on their business, understand what their goals are. Use this as a chance to um, build out your marketing plan. When we talk about what, what are those three big objectives that you want to accomplish for the year, certainly one of those bullets is going to be um, demand gen and, and marketing plan and getting everybody in the canoe with you, so to speak, is uh, clearly the, the right thing to be thinking about. And as again, as we talked about in the last episode, even if you just, even if they just, um, you have multiple partners supporting a single event, even if they just bring along two or three prospective customers that they're going to kind of be attached to, to through the sales process um, or just a new relationship, um, all that's going to be very fruitful for you, if not this year, next year. But Brian, marketing, they don't have their plan or budget yet. It's not been approved. So I am I just, I want to wait for marketing to tell me what I have at my fingertips so that I don't overdo it. I'd hate to cancel a lot of things on partners and stuff, you know? Yeah, I've been... You know, I've been doing this for uh, probably 20 years each. Um, I've had one scenario in 20 years, and it was the first company I worked for to where a a, a customer expense was not reimbursed. One in, in 20 years. It was a it was a big customer dinner that I didn't get a pre approval for, but I was a young guy and and, and probably uh, uh, overspent. Yeah, but have you? Okay, just, let's just wear that example out. Have you yeah. ever had a marketing? a division at a company you work for that didn't have a budget. Like right, it's just an exactly. excuse. It's just no, an, I totally an, agree. An average yeah. reps plan to just sit back and wait. So don't wait. 
Your marketing yeah. team's going to have budget. You're going to be able to get your expenses approved. I don't think if you yeah. have, we've said this many times, if it was a really good idea, Brian, that was going to cost the company $1,500, is there any way that that wouldn't get approved in today's day and age? No, there's no way. There's no now, way. I don't know what you Yeah, what companies what now spend was. on customer acquisition, It it's a different ballgame these days. Yeah, and the dinner you didn't get approved was probably astronomical based on the return on that investment. Today, if I had a plan to get a million dollars worth of pipeline, I could probably get a lot of budget for that if it was very real and very closable pipeline. No doubt. So start setting up those meetings, whether they're lunches, dinners, or face-to-face meetings. There's all kinds of opportunities to use partners here. Go get it done. Fill up that calendar and then uh, stay real busy. Uh, the man generation is is part of this, but it's really part two of this series. And it's I, I always talk about these small private events that uh, I think too many people still try to grow that forty person event with a a partner or an ISV or some vendor. You know, um, they get budget, of course, from the vendor or partner to throw these big luncheons. But is it ever really the right group of people? Is it ever? The, the people that have the buying potential. I think a lot of those events are mid-level managers. They don't have approvals. I want something intimate. And one of the best tips that I heard from a CIO, and it's probably been 10 or 12 years ago, is do something that will really provide me value, like bring in a guest speaker, an author of a book, somebody who has some strategy, You know, bring in some a Navy SEAL who speaks. Right, It doesn't have to be Malcolm Gladwell or Ryan Holiday, uh, as much as Brian would like that, but it you, you could bring in somebody who's got some real expertise. Bring in another CIO uh, from another customer and have them lead an event. Right? Um, there's all kinds of ways to incent that that customer from doing that. But imagine that you went from trying to throw a 40 person event at a big steakhouse and got and asked for five thousand dollars worth of budget to. Um, renting or reserving a small room with a $500 spend limit minimum uh, and asking a CIO to come present to your three other customer CIOs um, and you'll organize it, you'll pay for it, and you'll leave the room. Uh, how much how much value would be in that meeting and then you have three people to follow up with? Um, I think those events and those opportunities are much more impactful than trying to throw the big one. Thoughts? I agree, and I, I think we're we. I think we've hit shifts over the past twenty years since we've been doing this. To where it used to be, the dinner was like it was a go-to event. Prospects would would show up in droves for it. You did something at a steakhouse, you were guaranteed twenty people. You're going to fill that room up, no matter what your product was. It was it was that at that time, you know, fifteen twenty years ago, a steak dinner was was considered high value, you know, maybe yeah. higher value than a speaker, right? And, and things have changed. And then there was a period of time I felt like to where people flat out wouldn't do evening events. I feel like, so it ebbs and flows. And I guess, Bobby, to your point, you got to be creative and you got to be thoughtful. And this has gone beyond me. So I try to I try to leverage smart, creative people when it comes to these types of events that have these really good ideas because I'm not being more of an introvert myself, I'm not great at dreaming these things up. An example of one that that has worked really well is we, uh, there's a CIO in our market that that uh, was uh, former, yeah, he was former CIO. He had a side hustle of selling barbecue spices. It went big. He's in all the Bucky's now across the U.S. and, and 
yeah, it's it's fun for him. It's been fun to watch from the sidelines. And now he has started what's called Meat Church, and it's basically like to where he does these barbecue classes. Long story short, we threw an event to where we had him do a uh, barbecue preparation class. Like, this is how you make the best barbecue meal out there. There was no sales presentation. There was no uh, PowerPoint slide. Uh, there was no guest speaker other than, you know, Matt himself, who basically stood up there for three hours and prepared uh, like an incredible meal. Um, and I'll tell you what, like people were like on the edge of their seats, taking notes, sharing notes with one another, taking pictures, so engaged. So, I, so not to be- belabor this, but like to your point, like you got to be really thoughtful and creative and don't like just churn out the same, uh, you know, and KPG, KPMG runs an incredible business, but don't post an event at KPMG by KPMG. PMG with 62 PowerPoint slides with a name that doesn't have any cachet. Um, it's getting old, I think. You mean that executive who's coming to town to speak is not, it's not the draw that you would want? But he's got a big title. He's got a big title, though. And you jokingly talk about the event swings and ebbs and flows, you know, but how many partners are still out there trying to run the same event, the same lunch and learn, um, trying to do the same thing to achieve different results is, is literally insanity. So, um, that sounds like an amazing event. I took a few, jotted a few things down. We'll definitely do that. Um, other ideas, wine tastings, again, really small, but there's, there's vineyards everywhere now in Texas. If you're in Texas, if you're not in Texas, I'm sure you can find a local vineyard or someone who distills their own vodka or makes their own craft beer. I mean, it, it could be something really small and subtle that, I'm sure they could make a special bottle with the Workday logo or something on it that everyone could take home. The barbecue event, I was thinking about Workday aprons. You don't have to have the big the big presentation to get the get the point across uh, and have people take something home that, that they'll remember you by. So do demand gen. We all know that most of our businesses probably do big events and probably do a lot of small events. So I would try and get organized around the activities that are coming big, you know, Dell world, um, and Microsoft, there was always a big partner conference. You know, there's some big events, get organized around those, know when they're happening, know when the the ISVs and partners that support your business are doing those same things and make sure you have those at your fingertips throughout the year to talk to customers, but make sure you share that early in the year so that people can be making plans around those, uh, and hopefully get some free selling done by other people at those big corporate events. So we've talked about get the meetings and then do a bunch of other demand gen stuff that we talked about. And then I think it is organizing that from the first draft of Q1, Q2 we did last week to really putting a wrapper around all this stuff and having a solid plan with owners tied to it. They've, they've had to have agreed to that they're owning this stuff. Um, but don't be, don't be keeping that close to your chest. Share it broadly. To all the partners that you've got involved, go take that to their sales leaders and say, thank you for your team who's very involved. Here's what you can expect. Here's what we're going to do together uh, and go blow it out. That'll just have, you'll have one more sales manager helping push the people to target your stuff to go get those business and those business deals done. Uh, Share it with your team, do it at a QBR, go big, go broad, all the managers of all your specialty teams, share it, share it, share it. Uh, It can't do anything but help you. This is a, we have a lot of folks that are aspiring first line sales managers, second line sales managers. This is where 
you can really set yourself apart. Not only are you putting yourself in a good position for the for the fiscal year, but the person on the team that there's a way to there's a couple ways to do this. I'm sure there's a lot of ways to do this. One way is to do it. It's about it's all about me. It's all about hey, look how great this plan is. That that will be seen for what it is. But if the plan is shared instead um, in a way that's a collaborative way, a way like, hey, help me, what gaps am I not seeing in my business? What ideas worked for you guys when it comes to like broadly sharing your plan? That's what's going to get received really well, if that's your intent behind it. And this is what, you know, when you, Bobby talked about, like, I I work for a, a VP who has a lot of different sales managers at his level, one of the big things they're concerned about always is what best practices are happening happening in the field that aren't being shared. This is a great opportunity of when he's looking at the team and seeing somebody that's sharing a plan to get them off to a fast start, and that plan is being passed around and refined and made better. Man, they love that kind of stuff, and they it, it helps them feel like pockets of great ideas aren't being isolated out there. And that, that person will be seen in a new light. So if you have leadership aspirations, not only will this help you execute as an individual contributor, this will help you be seen as a leader. But Brian, let's you know, what if they steal my idea? What if I what if I share it and someone else takes credit for all my work? You know? Doesn't that get seen through just as much as the person that's all me, 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 me? Oh, for sure. Um yeah. and then and then at the bottom, at the end of the day, <clears throat> if you came up with this plan, you're gonna out execute anybody that quote unquote steals your plan. No doubt. And then I would say, if you have that aspiration to be a leader, help, help people be successful with your plan, right? Like that, that's what, that's what managers and leaders do is they, they get in the boat with their team and they go. So don't worry about the credit as much as you do worry about helping people be successful. And then everyone in other leadership positions will see that. So today we talked about setting up meetings, doing the demand generation, and then sharing your plan we have a little bit of bonus content to wrap up this series all about Fast Start. And we've talked about it before. It's, it's still maybe the most listened to podcast. It was an article that I wrote, uh, Implement Call 10 Today. If you're new to the show, go listen to that episode. It is a tactic that I still implement today where I call someone in the morning and someone in the afternoon that I haven't talked to in a while and just stay in touch. Um, a lost art, in my opinion, is asking for referrals. Uh, you, as you build this plan, reach out to your top customers that are buyers that like your stuff that, that like you and ask them, you know, what, what are we doing well for you? What is our business doing well for you? And is there anybody that you know that you, that we could help in a similar way that they, they all have friends and, and allies in the it world in their market and maybe not in the market, but you could help another rep and another rep might help you. But I think this is a lost art where we don't go to our customers and say, I've continued to follow through and follow through for you. Is there anybody that you think would benefit? And would you mind making a warm introduction? And then the easiest layup in the world, in my opinion, is when your first quarter training comes out, be the first guy or girl on the team to get that knocked out. It's not going to go away, people. You're going to have you're going to have internal training that has to get done. Be, be a steward of your business, be a steward of your technology, and go be educated, be smarter than most. It's not, it's not difficult. Um, you want to get a fast start, go do these things, and you'll, you'll be successful. It's like we talked about, if, if you're um, the, the most successful AEs that we've come across over the years are experts in their product. So maybe that training that you take 
is purely checking the box so that you're compliant in in whatever system that you've got to to do that in to so the report shows that there's a check mark next to your name fine but be, this is a great opportunity to to further to sharpen your your saw and to be um, the the sharpest expert on your team and then when it comes to those referrals Bobby the ones the the references that that you use time and again maybe this is a, t- a chance to take them to a nice dinner to thank them or maybe this is a chance to send them a nice you know gift for the new year to say hey I just want to you know our friendship means a lot so our partnership means a lot. Um, I wanted to send this to you, and it's something very specific to some, you know, something they know, you know, that they love and appreciate. Yeah, and it's it's a lost art too, but some I still do, even on a small scale. But I'll send a handwritten note. I actually send mm-hmm. everybody that comes to the flight school to do a discovery flight a handwritten note to make sure they got what they wanted out of it and that they have the opportunity to come back to the flight school. I mean, and I'm selling a hundred dollar discovery flight. Like, come on, if you're selling million dollar projects, <laughs> you can take five minutes to say thanks and handwrite a note. Uh, it will do you wonders uh, in the world. And then, it, like, as Brian said, the training is the training. I think there's always more content in there than we pay attention to. We're really trying to get through that 10-question test at the end for our internal training. But another thing that has helped me throughout my career is go to your customer and ask them to show you what they're using your stuff for and why it's helping their business. Like if it's a data center product, go get in the data center. Don't stay in the conference room and just talk about it and look at slides. Go touch it. Go be ask them to show you how they installed it. If it's software, go at, go talk to the people that are using the software and, and gain these tidbits. Become an expert in your technology and why it's helping those end users. Don't just take the training and check the box. Go get in the field. If ever there's a time to do it, it's probably at these beginning parts of fiscal years and fiscal quarters where there's a little bit more headroom, a little bit more breathing room in your schedule, and it doesn't do anything but create another demand gen opportunity. So get on the field and spend time with your customers. Anything else, Brian? Nope. Love it. All right. So this week uh, and over the last two weeks, we talked about a fiscal year fast start. Last week was about getting organized. This week was about getting results. Start setting up meetings, do your demand gen, share your plan, and start doing a few other things by getting in touch with your customers, asking for referrals, and getting educated on your product. As always, don't be average. Average sucks. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.